Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. Hi, it's Gabby Reese, and this podcast is powered by Laird Superfood. It was created in our kitchen by my husband, big wave surfer Laird Hamilton, and it all started with a simple idea. What began as Laird's secret for long-lasting energy on the waves is now Laird Superfood, offering a full range of delicious plant-based creamers, coffee, greens, and more. Visit LairdSuperfood.com and use the code GABBY2024 and save 20% on your first order. It's time for a Big Blue Kickoff Live. Nobody can ever tell you that you couldn't do it because you did. On Giants.com. You know what I saw? New York Giant Prime. And the Giants mobile app. 17-14 is the final. One touchdown, we are world champions. Believe it, and it will happen. Part of the Giants Podcast Network. Let's go out there like a bunch of crazy dogs. Hello, everybody, and happy Thursday. Welcome to Big Blue Kickoff Live right here on Giants.com and the Giants mobile app. Jonathan Casillas trying to get the volume down on his iPad. He can't go in here, and he's still failing miserably. Oh, is his phone? There we go. Such a rookie move. It's Big Blue Kickoff Live presented by Cadillac, the official luxury vehicle of the New York football Giants. Oh, man. All right, here we go. Giants and Commanders will take your calls, by the way, at 201-939-4513. We'll get you ready for that. Looking ahead now. If you guys want to call about the Bills game still, we'll take the call. But let's try to focus on what's ahead here rather than continuing to regurgitate the same stuff on that last game like you've done over the past three days. We've had good calls. We've had good conversation. But I think it's time to look ahead here to Washington, J.C. And you look at this Washington team. I touched on them briefly with, with the Tino yesterday talking about what they bring. And surprisingly, they've been a better offensive team this year than they've been a defensive team. Yeah, yeah, they can they can score some points. Um, Sam Howell is he can create. You know, he can throw the ball at times down the field accurately to some very good wide receivers. They like to run the football. They like to stick to the run, um, and that creates a lot of opportunities for him. You know, and he might hold on to the ball a little bit too long. That's a good and a bad thing for the Giants and the Commanders. You know, but uh, they score points. They, they can score points. You know, maybe not that much, but they definitely can score points against any given defense, really. Yeah, and you talk about Howell holding the ball. We talked about that yesterday. The one thing that kind of struck me, and I guess this is from Eric Bieniemy, and you figure former running back, he's going to want to run the ball a lot, right? But remember, he comes from Andy Reid in Kansas City where they want to throw it. Right now, on first and tens, J.C., Washington has the lowest run rate in the entire NFL. Oh, wow. In first halves of games. Washington has the lowest run rate in the entire NFL. So even though Howell's a rookie, and to your point, there's good and bad in the way he plays. You get big plays, explosive plays, exciting plays, and you get a bunch of negative plays too when it comes to the sacks and the turnovers. But he's putting the ball in in the hands of this rookie, and he's letting him go, man. Yep. And they have four different receivers, was I think over 200, 200 yards receiving. Is the tight end, and then you have the three wide receivers, Samuel, Dotson, and McLaurin. So they have players here that can make plays, and, and they've been making them. And big plays down the field, to your point, he's willing to hold the ball there and, and put the ball down the field. And frankly, especially with Terry McLaurin, he doesn't care if he's covered. Yeah. 
He's just going to throw it there, and McLaurin's so good. He's one of the better, even though he's not the biggest guy, he's still one of the better contested ball catchers in the league. He'll go up there and he'll make a play. Yeah, his name is Scary Terry. His nickname is Scary Terry for a reason. You know, he's a phenomenal number one receiver in the NFL. He's been having a pretty solid career. No matter who plays quarterback for the Commanders or the Redskins or the Washington football team or whatever team you want to call them. The, the Commanders. I yeah. think we can stick with the Commanders. <laughs> Throughout his career, right? You know, and, and the thing is with, with Howell, he he would try to get the ball to him no matter what, you know, and I didn't realize the I guess the difference in run versus pass, um, but I do know they do they do run the ball. You know, I think their running backs are pretty good. Yeah, uh, so, Brian yeah. Robinson, talk about him. I think Brian Robinson is a, a, a running back that runs behind his pads. I think uh, Antonio Gibson, he's he's solid. He can also add some versatility in the passing game. They try to get him out on routes. I think he had a receiving touchdown last week or the week before. On a wheel route, right? Yeah. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Yeah, 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 and you know, so he they they definitely mix it up. You know, this is a functional offense that gives up a lot of sacks. You know, and, and, and adverse to the Giants who, you know, give up a lot of sacks, but they really can't score touchdowns. And we spoke about that post game last game and even in the middle of the game last game that the Giants have to score touchdowns. No matter how you feel about this commander's team, they figured out how to have some success offensively and score some touchdowns. So this is definitely going to be a task. And I hate when I hear it from a lot of fans. You know, I'm a Jersey guy. I'm talking to a lot of fans all the time. They're like, oh, this is an easy game. No, it's not. This is not an easy game, especially when you think about their front four on defense. By the way, Jonathan, I, I and then you get finished. But you're right. I mean, when you're one and five, <laughs> ain't no easy games, dude. Right. Like there ain't no. It's the NFL here, man. There's no easy games. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I mean, more I, winnable. I didn't mean to interrupt you. More winnable. You know, I think is a good term to use. Uh, you know, well, Washington's not as good as Miami and Buffalo and the 49ers and Dallas. That's fine. Yeah, but they also went to overtime with the Philadelphia Eagles. They're three and three. You know, and they won their last game against uh, a team that was undefeated I think at home. Giant fans would like to be three and three right now, right? Absolutely. That'll be a whole different ball club. You know, and and then all. Also, the fans wouldn't be so, you know, aggressive when they call into BBKM. Which is understandable, Bob. Very much understandable, you know. So this is not a, a walkthrough. I mean, at the end of the day, this is a divisional game. Um, Washington, and, and Daniel Jones has had success against Washington. So I think you can point, you know, the, the arrow to that. Who knows if Daniel Jones is playing this weekend? If I had a vote, I don't think he is playing this weekend, given that he hasn't been practicing much. You know, and you have a very capable backup. I think we all saw that last week in Tyrod Taylor, him being able to run the offensive, run the offense, I guess, somewhat efficiently. Nine points is really not that efficient. The production wasn't where you wanted it to be, but I did think they moved the ball okay. They had over yep. 300 yards of offense. Right, and they threw the ball down the field, which is something that we really yep. haven't seen uh, they ran the ball somewhat successfully. And th this is what we talked about, and I've been preaching this since last year. Uh, the second game of the year was against San Arizona. Fran or Arizona, Arizona mm -hmm. where wh what game was the Giants only ran the ball 11 times? Like, I was so appalled by that. It was San Francisco. It that was San Fran. Okay, so I was right about San yes. Fran, game three. Mm -hmm. So they only ran the ball 11 times. That uh, For me, that's that's coaching. Like, for me, that's coaching. You know, putting only uh, allowing your team who is known – and I think Daniel Jones has the most success when the run game is working for him. I think that goes against what your offense can do, you know. And then we talk about this. I'm like, bro, I don't care if you can't run the ball early. If you stick to the run, if you have a guy like Saquon Barkley and even Breida, you have a functional running back who has a decent top-end speed. If you give him the ball 20 to 25 times, he's going to break one. 
And of course, that's statistically, that's not a given. But I think if it's 20 to 25 times and you can't run the ball, I think that's a team thing. But if you only run the ball 11 times, I feel like, hey, why would you not, why would you not commit to the run when that is really the team's identity? The Giants' identity has always been running the ball. It hasn't changed no matter who the coach was, no matter who was playing quarterback, no, no matter who was playing running back. This is a, a physical football team. That is a culture. That is what's built into the organization that plays good defense with a great defensive line, maybe a good linebacker, maybe not. I think they answered that question with Bobby O'Karake. Bro, I watched this. Bobby O'Karake is playing lights out. He was responsible for four turnovers the last two weeks, bro. That is very high level football, you know, and, and a couple you know passes went through his hands, you know, but he's responsible, I think, for being that spark on the defensive side of the ball. And I've been preaching about the defense every single week. I think we've seen them take a step forward. And last week was basically the best all around game that they've played, maybe even if you include last year. And you throw that in there because the talent that they played against, the level of quarterback, and what we've seen Josh Allen do in this league, they had them flustered. They it had them be. frustrated. It might be. They, they very much limited them. They were under 300 yards, uh, and and they created two turnovers. And that's what you really want to see from a defense, especially when an offense is struggling and they're trying to figure out their identity. If they can play games like this, the Giants will be in every single game this year. And they will put a put, put forth an incredible effort. And Pew, I got some people, I got a conversation yesterday. Hey, Pew, Pew played really good. I said, no, he didn't play really good. He played very inspired. He did exactly what you could do if you were an inspired football player that's a veteran football player that knows football. Yeah. But like he the did job. He could have been expected. A hundred percent. And he played inspired football. The guy, first of all, if you're playing all throughout preseason and you were healthy and you had an offseason, you had training camp and you were in and you got switched to a new team and you play left guard and then you move the left tackle, that's very difficult to do. He did that without playing football for a year. <laughs> it's almost impossible. You ask people to do that, you, you put that scenario out there before the game, you're like, no way anyone can do that. No way. He did it. He survived. And he even talked about it in his interviews. He had a difficulty hearing the snap count. That's what happens when you're only in for a week. And also getting, not even just hearing the snap count, getting the rhythm of the silent count in Buffalo, right. which is even tougher. Right, in Buffalo, you know, ruckus crowd. Buffalo's insane to play up there. They're always in it to win it. The team is really good. You know, and I give him a, I give him a 10 out of 10 for the effort he put out there. And I think when you hear him talk, you can compare other interviews for other guys on the team. Like he has that leader presence in the locker room and I think that's something that the Giants need right now especially how the season's going and no matter how he's playing because I think he will improve but like Smelk I told you I spoke to him the first day he was here I was so excited I ran in I ran in to watch him at practice I ran in the locker room I talked to him you know what he told me he said yeah JC they signed me to the practice squad you know I'm gonna need about three weeks <laughs> he said he needed three weeks he knew he needed time he was starting the next week he got 10 days he got 10 days to start. That's Not it. even like, oh, work your way in on the, on the active roster. No. He started the game and then got moved to the most difficult position to play on the offense, subtract the quarterback. And he did, I think, a tremendous job in the effort. 
But the way he went out there, people can be inspired about that. They can they can build around that. And I think that presence that he has in the locker room, I think you can't really like I can't put into words how valuable that is. And we'll see what the injury report is today. Uh, Brian Dable looks like is talking to the media right now as I'm seeing some tweets come out from some of the reporters. We'll keep an eye on that. Only thing I have right now is that looks like Daniel Jones will once again practice limited to individual stuff and throw, but he's not clear for contact yet to do team. So I think that's why we're thinking it's going to be Tyrod this week. Yeah, it's Thursday. But we'll yeah, see. Who close. knows? If he gets cleared tomorrow, I'm sure they'll try to get him in there. So we'll see how that goes. And to your point, we don't really know what this offensive line is going to look like this week. Is Evan Neal going to be good to go? He is. He didn't practice yesterday. He had a swollen ankle. Uh, you know, who's healthy? And if Neal can't go, then does Tyree Phillips play right tackle? Does McKeithen move out there? Does Pugh play guard? Does he play tackle? Like, we just don't know based on the injuries what this – configuration would look like so yeah. we'll kind of have to wait and see on that and exactly what it looks like um and we'll keep an eye on it and we'll see exactly how this might look because you mentioned it in your last answer let's dig into it very briefly here washington's defense while it has struggled this year they're in bottom quartile of the league in most of the categories epa success rate all that stuff passing game a lot of big plays they've given up they do have a really good front and that's the strength that's what they put a lot of their resources into and they have those four first-round picks everyone knows about. Throw in Casey Tuhill, who also has three sacks, who's kind of like their rotating week. guy. He's done a nice job. But Montez Sweat is like your big, strong power end that's long and can move a guy. Deron Payne is kind of more your nose tackle type, more of a run stopper, but he can get past pressure too. Jonathan Allen's your classic three technique yep. on the right side. He's going to play next to uh, uh, Chase, who, mm-hmm. Chase Young, who I think is playing better than he's played his whole career. Yep. You, know, you watch that tape, power, speed, speed to power, uh, inside moves. He's violent. He's fast. He's quick. Whoever plays left tackle for the Giants, because Washington doesn't swap their linemen now. It's going to be Montez Sweat at left end, Deron Payton, nose tackle, left tackle, Jonathan Allen at right tackle, and then it's going to be Chase Young at, at right end slash right outside linebacker, if you want to term the position, right? And they are going to have their hands full. Whomever the Giants have at left tackle, but it ain't going to be a normal left tackle now. It's going to be Tyree Phillips, who's just off the practice squad, or it's going to be Justin Pugh. That's pretty much all you got at this point. They're going to have their hands full with Chase Young. I wonder, you know, I think it's really essential here, JC, for the Giants, much like last week against Buffalo, to keep this game close. You can't go down two scores to this team because they are going to let the dogs loose on the pass rushing. You're not going to be able to block those guys one-on-one because they don't blitz a ton. They don't stunt and twist a ton. It's All right, one-on-one matchups, go beat that dude in front of you. So we'll see how that works out. But if the Giants can run the football, you should be able to run it against this Washington team. They play a lot of two safeties deep, a lot of quarters, a lot of cover six, cover two, you know, split safety stuff. So you should be able to run it. Don't try to pass it too much against this front. Make smart plays. Get rid of the ball quickly. Tyrod, I think, did a good job of evading pass pressure when it did get there last week. But that's the key here. Can you run the football, to your previous point, and then when you have to pass, can you protect long enough to attack the commanders down the field where they have given up some big plays this year? Yeah, you know what? And I and I counter some of that. No, I, I agree with most things you say, but I counter with the, what you're saying, hold the ball long enough. I don't know if that's going to be in the Giants' game plan well, this Well, it week. might not be. You're right. But can they execute? 
Yeah. You know, and that's something that the Giants, I think everyone pretty much spoke about after the last game. Is like they had a game plan out there, and it, and it wasn't the whole game plan that they didn't execute. It was certain situational plays that were huge in the outcome of the game, especially, of course, right before the half. Right? And in the red zone. Right. Yes, exactly. Third and, and shorts, if they too, can, all are also key If, in this if game. they can execute throughout this game, you know, the Giants can have success, especially when we're talking about offensively, you know, and getting that ball out on time. This week, which I think you saw some of uh, what the possibilities were from Tyrod Taylor last week, getting that ball out on time to the athletes, Wandale Robinson, uh, Jalen Hyatt being more, I think, incorporated into this offense. Uh, come on, let's go. Let's you, let's get him going. You, let's get him going. To your point, you know what else <laughs> I thought? I thought Tyrod Taylor did a real nice job of. It seems he was able to successfully identify man or zone on plays mm-hmm. really quick. And when they had those soft zones, it was the quick passes to Wandell and Waller. That's why they were so good on third downs. And when they caught him a man on some of those third downs, that's when you got the slot fades to Slayton mm-hmm. down the field. And I thought Taylor did a real good job of quickly identifying, all right, this is what the defense is showing. This is where I can quickly attack. And if I can make a big play, I'm going to try to get it. And, and those, those deep passes, and this is something that I spoke about last year a lot, mm-hmm. given that the Giants really didn't have that vertical threat a lot of games last year, was like it don't have to be a five-step, seven-step drop. It could be a quick three, and as if you identify the coverage, and if you had that single high safety, you're going to attack the outside. That's always the best. Now, we'll see. And Washington might not give him as many of those opportunities under, this yep, week. With understood, the, with the two high right, safeties. Correct. Understood. And, but Tyrod, I think, did a good job in getting that ball out with on that first hitch up in the air Absolutely. and let his receiver uh, run underneath it and Slayton, those two deep passes, Slayton, and they were thrown um, perfectly. Like, yeah, he literally threw perfect passes a couple of times, too. And, and that was the thing that the Giants... Great pass to Hyatt, too, on the move to the Yeah, we talked about that a lot, too. That, that was the best throw of the game that got called back. back. Right? <laughs> um, you know, but that's football. You know, that's football. Get, plays will get called back. You know, plays will get uh, uh, bad, bad calls by referees. These are things that can happen. How do the Giants... Uh, uh, you know, combat that, you know, executing on the other 95% of plays that happen, you know, not just the two or three plays that were the outliers of, you know, maybe the ref got it wrong. Maybe there was a holding call, whatever the case is. What about all of the other plays? How many plays the Giants had last week on offense? Over 70, right? Yeah, they, they, what about, they had a lot what about the 68 other plays, right? You know what I mean? Like, how do you execute efficiently on those 68 other plays so it doesn't rely on those two or three plays that had, that's basically outside of the control of the, of the team? And by the way, it was like that in the run game, too. They had so many runs for one yard, negative yards, zero yards. They had Saquon had 16 carries for 23 yards in the first half. I mean, they could not run the ball for, for anything. Then they had those two big ones in the second half, which kind of skewed the numbers a little bit. But to your, to your point, they relied a lot on the big play last week, which was great because the Giants usually don't do that. And it was great. They had four plays of 20 or more yards, two of more than 30. The defense, to their credit, had the Bills to only one play of 20-plus yards. That's a huge deal, and you might have the opportunity to do that again this week, but if Washington does play that keep-everything-in-front-of-us type of defense, you are going to have to be a little bit more precise and a little bit more consistent. And also, JC, avoid the penalties, man. Yeah. Too many penalties last Big week. Big time. Five yards here, five yards there. You get in the first and 15. It changes everything. You have to clean that stuff up. Yep, and then we've seen the defense, You know, I think, play solid defense throughout the last I'm gonna say solid, but last week was solid. That was that was good. No, last week weeks, was very good. Weeks prior, we've Not seen we've seen a defense get into some some situations where they bailed the offense out because they had a defensive penalty, especially on third down. That's like uh, so heartbreaking when you get a great defensive stop, quote unquote, and all of a sudden the defensive penalty holds them back. Yeah, and these corners are putting a tough spot playing man, but you got to keep your hands off these. A hundred percent, and then also special teams. Special teams have to get it together. You know, Jamison Crowder who was here in training camp. Who, he's had some big plays. He 
has some big plays, and he is one block away from getting in the end zone. You know, I don't think he has a top end speed that he had when he returned to kick against me when I was actively covering him. It was just you, you know, it was one on one. I felt like it was, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, they can look. The Commanders are not a walkover team. You know, any divisional yeah. game is not a walkover game. It's just not happening. Fans, please stop saying that. You know, this this is the NFL. You know, and it's not to the point where any team is out mathematically in terms of the playoff race. So every team is going to give you a great valiant effort and they're going to stick to it. They're going to be committed, you know, and this team, Washington, always gives the Giants their good their good games. Just look at, look, <clears throat> last year, and I know it's a different team, JC, but just, just to, to reinforce your point and then we'll get to your calls here. Giants were a better team than Washington. They finished ahead of them in the standings. Giants made the playoffs, won a playoff game. They tied in one game. And the other game literally went down to, like, the last play in the red zone. Yep. It was nip and tuck one play away from that game going the other way. So this is going to be a tough, hard-fought yeah. game. It's a division game. You know division games. Yes. They're never easy. 100%. One or two plays here or there. So to your point, you have to execute. Last yeah. stat I'll give here, and I'll get your take, and then we'll get to your calls. I love this number. So last week, Washington played their best defensive game of the year. They held Atlanta, who has a... You know, quarterback issues, but they have a fun offense with some talented players. Held them to and 16. And they've, they've been winning at home, too. Yeah, they have. Mm-hmm. Held them to 16 points. They had three takeaways in that game, right? This is a great stat. So going back to 2022, in games where the commanders do not have a takeaway, they're 0-8. 0-8. In games where they have one takeaway or more, 11-3-1. Yeah, that makes sense. But that's, you know, usually with one takeaway, you don't see the record swing yeah. quite as much. So, look, if the Giants cannot beat themselves in this game and protect the football, they're going to win the game. That's huge. huge. That's huge. See, like, you, you're the numbers guy. You're like, you, you do your research on the numbers. Me, I watch a lot of film yeah. and I played a lot of ball. But, like, we understand the same thing. Like, you were saying numbers, and I'm telling you guys straight up, that is always the number one predictor at the end of the year of wins and losses. You know, some teams vary with big plays, third down, red zone efficiency, stuff like that. But when it comes down to looking at it, look at the plus-minus turnover ratio. It's usually the teams at the top, they have the best. The teams at the bottom, they have the worst. And if you can protect the ball and you can cause turnovers, you're going to win more games than not. And the Giants have gone two straight games without turning the ball over, too. Right, and they haven't showed up on a win column quite yet, but that's because of inefficiencies on offense. Like, at the end of the day, five trips to the red zone, nine points. Not going to win football games playing. No way. way. No way. No matter how good your defense is playing. Unless your defense is keeping the team under 10, like, which is really not going to, it's not going to happen. You know, like, they, the Giants played, like I said earlier, they're one of the best games they probably played in the last couple years against a very talented Buffalo Bills team. And it still wasn't enough. The offense. Because you scored nine points. The offense must execute. Yeah. Look, no you, matter what the defense does. You, you got to get to, can you get the 20 points? Yeah. Like yeah, if you want to win this game, you got to get the twenty points. Yep. Is there a chance you can win like seventeen, thirteen? Sure. You don't want to put that type of pressure but, on yourself. But yourself. last week, if they would have quick five field goals and made all of them, they Giants would have won the game. Right. And, yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, real quick, uh, update injury news. So Evan Neal will return to practice today. He's going to be limited with that ankle, uh, but still no Andrew Thomas, no John Michael Schmitz, no Matt Parrott. So I'm so like Andrew Thomas out. with the hamstring. Like, did he? Pull it off the bone completely. They're saying it's getting better. Whatever that, <clears throat> whatever that means. But, Man, that's so a, that's a long time to be out for a hamstring, I'll tell right? You what I mean, and I, they, they he, he re-aggravated it. Then I right? have no idea. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know but either. They, they 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 say no, and it was just they think he just really 
pulled it, I guess. They, they could use them next week when they play the Jets in that defensive line. Yeah, for sure. That much. Yep. All right. You know what? Real quick, before yeah. you move on, mm-hmm. and I was looking at this um, this front, the defensive front from the commanders. You know what they remind me of from last year? The Eagles defensive front. Yeah. How they, you know, I don't want to say rotate their guys in, but how their defensive line kind of dictates the, the flow of the game. You know, and they have several guys who at season's end are going to be flirting around double digits. Maybe maybe one of them may not have 16 sacks uh, like Hassan Riddick did last year, but you're going to have guys with 9, 10, 11, 12 sacks. One of three teams. And there's going to be four or five guys with those numbers. One of three teams with four players with at least three sacks this yeah. year. And Deron Payne's not one of them, by the way. Right, and he's a, he's a beast. And he's a monster. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, this is the, the, the task that the Giants' offensive line you know, has to deal with, you know, and I just hope that the the bug of injuries just stops hitting that area of the team. Like it's literally Yeah, it's, the guys it, gotta get back. They yeah, to. it's it's literally like destroying the Giants overall, like team chemistry, the locker room. And well, I it, and I say it that it affects everything. It does. It, it does. You know, because like the number one thing, like when you look at really good offensive line, it's not it's not how the how many number of rotations and different type of formulations of offensive line, it's basically how consistent have they been starting together, right? And if the Giants can't get that, you know, and that's not really coaching, that's just how it's been happening this year with injuries. If the Giants can't get that and have, oh, this is their third game playing together, if we can't say that this year, they're going to continue to have struggles, no matter who plays. And the Commanders, by the way, do have some issues in the secondary. They had to bench their first-round draft pick, Emmanuel Forbes, at corner after he really struggled the first few weeks of the year. He didn't even play last week after being their starter. So see if the Giants can take advantage of some of that in the secondary. If they can protect long enough or run some of those quick action plays to get the ball out on, on those three-step drops. Guys, go subscribe to the Giants Settle Podcast. Most recent episode is up there, or should be getting up there shortly. Lance Meadow talked to Andrew Catalan, who's calling the game uh, for CBS uh, this Sunday. So make sure you go check that out on the Giants Huddle Podcast, favorite podcast platform, Giants.com slash podcast, or uh, go to the Giants app and just find the Giants Huddle. And also check out the Giants Hangout, our brand new podcast. Go subscribe to that as well. If you're on Apple Podcasts, please give a five-star positive review for any of our podcasts. It really helps us out. All right, 201-939-4513. I lost our caller from L.A. there, Pearson. Too bad. Well, if you're out there listening from L.A., give us a call. Let's go to Ty in Texas. He will lead us off. Ty, what's going on? Hey, how you guys doing? What's up, Ty? Good, what's going on? What's up, man? Hey, man, I just wanted to call and let y'all know, man. Y'all do a great job, man. I listen to y'all every day while I'm at work. I Thank usually you. work overnight, but I'm up today, you know, so I decided to give you guys a call, man. Appreciate uh, that, brother. I, I don't really, you know, I'm not a professional. I don't have too many takes on the team, man, but I just wanted to give a message to all the diehard Giants fans out there, man. We got to believe, all right? Just because just it don't look the best right now, that don't mean we... You know, we got we got to keep fighting. And I live in Texas. I live around Cowboys fans. I deal with them all day. But yeah, I, it, yeah, it can't it, be fun. <laughs> Hostile territory. No, it's not. It's not. It's not. It's definitely not. But man, you know, we got to rep our team, man. We got to believe. We can't. We can't criticize. It's gonna turn around, you know. And that's really my big message, man. I ain't really had too much to say. I just want to keep hope out there, man. Y'all do a great job. I appreciate everything y'all do, man. And keep me up at night. Keep going. Thank you, bro. No, hey, Ty, look, we, and, and all you guys that are out of state, we know you know, guys don't get a lot of Giants talking. A lot of times we're one of the ways you get it. We love you guys, and we appreciate yeah, for you sure. for listening. Listening live. If you can't listen live like Ty, listen on your podcast feed. Uh, we've been doing this show now for, gosh, 
15 years almost 13 really? years and, i didn't even know that and it's in some way shape or form yeah and we've been getting calls since the beginning and that's because you guys out there and, and we really do appreciate appreciate it, it. and yep. by the way you want to call up and criticize the team? They're one in five. We get it, dude. Like, yeah, it's man. cool. We're like, here for you to vent it. and everything. That's why we're here. Right. <laughs> the record is what it is. We get that. Yeah. But obviously, but, we like to talk hey, about why. But shout out to, to Ty things. calling. He probably had to call from his closet. You know, a whole bunch of Dallas fans <laughs> around him over their hostile territory. Man. Salute to you, bro. Yeah, look. And, and look, Giant fans travel too, man. Like, you go to these away games. Like, if the game in Miami had gone better, you would have heard a lot more Giant yeah. fans down there. Obviously, in Buffalo, it's tough because Buffalo Bills fans just don't sell their tickets. They just yeah. go to all the games. Like, this just doesn't But happen. there's Giants fans located up there, too, oh, man. Oh, absolutely. They're, they're up there somewhere. <laughs> they, they just can't get in the building. Right. That's the problem is the Bills tip fans use all the tickets. All right, let's go back to the phones, 201-939-4513. Good stuff there, Ty. Let's go to Dominic in New Jersey. Dom, what's up? Hey, how you doing, guys? What's up, man? All right, man. All right, I was a uh, couple things. First off, I'm very hurt that this season is going the way it's been going, especially how hyped up we all got. And I went to training camp. I went first day when they were cracking the pads. I was right there smacking hands with the players. And now, you know, I'm, I'm feeling disappointed. But I always looked at playing the Commanders as a get-right game. So I don't know if I believe in that this time. And uh, I'm very much hoping so. And what are your guys' thoughts on uh, – Hopefully, if we get right on this game, is there a turnaround coming, or are we just going to keep beating our heads against the wall? What do you think, JC? I think uh, what you saw last week could potentially have that effect that we were looking for this week. Um, I think because of defensive effort that they put forth, uh, when you have a guy that played the type of way that Justin Pugh played, you know, a very inspiring brand of football, and it's like, man, this guy played as well as he could, given the circumstances. Like, you want to fight for guys like that, you know? And it's it's hard when everything else is kind of going array, you know? But you have efforts like that. You have a defensive performance like they did that inspires you, you know? And if there was any question about whether the Giants are inspired or not, I think we'll see it this week. You know, it's the first game back home in a while. It's only the third home game of the season. You know, in front of this home crowd who has been eager and really, you know, cl- you know, clawing for a Giants win. And, you know, the guys, people are right now, do I sell my season tickets? You know, do, do, do I come to the home games? You know, and that's a it's a good question, you know, like because I understand how difficult it is to go to these games. I understand how expensive to go to go to these games, you know, and you want to go to support a good product. And the Giants just really haven't done it quite yet. I think you've seen some glimpses of it last week, especially on the offensive side, getting that ball down the field. Saquon Barkley looked good all game. I was like, he looks good. And you were like, eh. But I saw it oh, no. early in the game. Physically, I, saw I thought it early he looked in the game. fine. I thought maybe he was a little indecisive early, trying to get his hands right. underneath him a little right. bit. But I thought physically yeah. he looked great the whole game. And, Absolutely. And you saw glimpses of what the Giants could be. You know, the second quarter of the, the, the Cardinals game, I think all defensively last week you saw it, the way they was able to create turnovers the week prior, the way they, they kind of held up on third down in, in, in certain situations in the Seattle game. You know, you're seeing pieces and glimpses of a team that can be pretty good. You know, the greatness is far, far away, but good is, is kind of right there, you know, and getting out of a, being a bad team, it's a thin line right there. It's a very thin line, and they can figure it out this weekend, and in the next few weeks, they don't really have the top-tier teams that really threatens them and the Giants can make up some ground in the next five to six weeks. 
Thanks, Dominic. Appreciate the call, man. 201-939-4513. And we are going to take your emails as well. You can send them in the bigbluekickoff at gmail.com. Bigbluekickoff at gmail.com. This question comes in from Christopher Clemens Jr. And I think this is a good one. We spoke about, a little, about this a little bit the last couple of days, but I want to get your take on it, JC. He, uh, it's a little long, so I'll try to condense it here. Want to know your thoughts, Ryan, the national sports shows, i.e. first take, get up, and all that stuff. First of all, I would advise you do not pay attention to those when it comes to, you know, it's impossible for these guys to follow yeah, everything. They're fun. The league. They're fun. They're to fun, watch. but but mm. don't take the analysis. No. D- depending who you talk, some guys do their work and you can trust other guys. But it's hard though. It is. You, you it's can't hard, watch everything. You know? It's impossible. I, you listen to BBKL. You listen to honestly some of the random YouTube giant specific podcasts. That are locked they're in. They're pretty yeah. good too. Sure, absolutely. Yep. So the narrative is that Tyrod T- Taylor looked a lot better against the Bills than Daniel Jones looked all year. But in his opinion, there was a lot going on there. Not that Tyrod didn't play well, but for one, he thought the protection was a little bit better than what Daniel had earlier in the year. The offensive game plan was more quarterback friendly, again, because of the flow of the game, a big reason you can do that. Saquon Barkley was back, which was huge, which can slow down the pass rush. And the Giants defense played great, so they played with the lead. So he's curious as to your opinion, as as to his point, as to why the offense looked better with Tyrod, that it was more than just a different quarterback. I mean, he he hit all the points. There's really no more than that. I thought it was a good email. Yeah, it's it's a great email, Um, you know, but it looked – it looked better at times, but bro, nine points. That that you're not gonna win games at all like that, bro. Like it's just it's just not gonna happen. You know, so the Giants have to be more efficient in situational football. You know, and that goes any quarterback that's playing, any offensive lineman that's playing, whoever's playing running back, whoever's the first string tight end, it goes to say you have to execute no matter what, you know, and you have to be able to score touchdowns. And the Giants just really haven't figured that out yet, no matter who's playing quarterback. All right, let's go to Pete in Staten Island. He's up next on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Hey Pete. Hey, John, how are you? What's up? What's going on? Oh, uh, well, you know, um, we have a couple of weeks to the trade deadline. And listen, for all intents and purposes, the season is done. And, you know. Uh, not yet, Pete. It's not It's not yet. If if you lose this week, John, it's fine. Does, John, it doesn't matter, John. It doesn't matter. We have expiring contracts coming up. Pete, you are two right? games you out got... of a playoff spot with 11 to play. <laughs> John, it has nothing to do with the playoffs, John. What are you okay? talking it has about? To do with the fact... John, it has to do with the fact what we're doing next year and the year after. This has nothing to do with this year, John. Well, it's Pete, it Pete with... you can look at it that way. No one in this building is looking at it Yeah, this I don't. Way. Pete, you're, where are you going with this, bro? Here's where I'm going with this, okay? As I said, for all intents and purposes, the season is just about over. In your opinion. Okay? You got, in my opinion, okay? Mm-hmm. And, why, John, do you see us running off seven, uh, eight, nine wins here? Do you see us doing it? Straight wins? No, no but I, 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 think there's, I think there's a window where you could get to eight or nine. I think it's not impossible. We saw the Giants not making the playoffs last year. We didn't see them as a playoff team, and they made the playoff, and they won a playoff game. And they won, and they started the year six I and one. Giants, I, I saw the Giants last year winning nine games or ten games because of the cream puff schedule we had. But you saw them making the playoffs too, whatever. because nine games usually don't make the playoffs. Thousand percent, thousand percent. With year. nine, when you just said you, you just said you said them, you, they was winning nine games. Nine games don't really give you a playoff berth. Usually, it doesn't. Not I with seventeen games. Or, I said nine or ten. Okay, go okay. ahead, Pete. Make, make your point. Go ahead. All right. My point is that these you have these expiring contracts coming back. Leo's not coming back. Odori's not coming back. 
McKinney's probably not coming back. Why do you say McKinney's okay? not coming back? Probably not. I why? Said, and no. I'm asking you All why. Right. I'm because asking you money. why. Because of the money factor. I don't think the Giants are going to pay him. If they could get a contract like 7 or 8 or $9 million, I think it's a possibility. But I'm expecting he's probably going to want upwards of that, somewhere 12 13 which is possible. And I don't think they'll pay him for that. I, I really don't. So, Leo, Adori, uh, McKinney, uh, Barkley possible also. Then you got all of these one-year contracts in the Campbells and the Wallers and whatnot. Okay? Waller so, isn't a one-year contract. My, Waller's not a one-year contract. I apologize. Mm-hmm. But at any rate, you know, my thinking is that, you know, with the veteran contracts, you know, why let these guys walk? Because then at that point, and if they do walk, why let them? Because then you're only going to get a comp pick, and that's, that's in 25 anyway. And we're going to be busy in the free agent market in 24, and those comps might go away, if nope. I'm not mistaken. No, nope, that's true. That's fair. So at least get something. At least get something. I would imagine they, they have to be taking calls. And we only have a week to do this, theoretically. Now, I heard people talking about this yesterday saying, well, we have, you know, I was listening to the show. They said two weeks. I said, what are you talking about? The deadline's the 31st. It's not the 32nd. There is no 32nd. So you have, theoretically, you have a week to a week and a half to put put forth some kind of trades if you're going to do it and move forward because I don't think that they're going to run this back. They made a mistake running it back last year. They really did. Okay? And I think they, they, they'll make, they can't triple down here. They cannot triple down. Well, Pete, look, you have you have you have two right. more you have two more games before that trade deadline day hits, right? So I think you're going to continue to evaluate based on what happens in this game, based on what happens in that game against the Jets, and then you can make the decisions you have to make. I do not believe they're going to start selling off players tomorrow after six games when you still have two games coming out of your schedule at home that they think they have a, probably a pretty good chance of winning. Will they take phone calls? I'm sure they'll take phone calls. That's what responsible front offices do. But I don't think it's going to be, especially right now, and we can have a different conversation depending on what happens against Washington and the Jets, then I think you maybe approach it a little bit differently. Yeah, and I, you know, and I'm quite frankly, John, because of Jones's injury, and I'm not a Jones uh, uh, backer, because of his injury history over the last couple of years with the neck, all right, this is the second time, and, um, you know, because of the fact that I really don't think he's the franchise, you know, you know, quote-unquote quarterback, uh, you know, I think that trading off these pieces right now, getting as much draft capital, because we only have six picks. That's all we have. Okay, so, so I think they're going to be addressing this and taking a quarterback next year. And, you know, quite honestly, I think this is the only route to go. If, if, for me, it would it would be irresponsible if they didn't at least take the phone calls and at least try to trade off some of these pieces, especially a guy like Campbell, especially a guy like Adori, who I don't all these guys that I don't think are gonna be here next year, you gotta make a move like that. You really do. All right, Pete. Appreciate the call, man. Good stuff. Well look, I, I I'm always one to Definitely say if you know you're going to get rid of somebody or you're not going to keep them, then get some type of value for him. So I get the point. So do I. That totally Pete get was trying to make, but but I, I don't Pete, think they're doing that right now. Yeah, 
in any any fan. Like it's so early in the season, and look, the Giants have to show more to prove to anybody that they're actually a playoff team, for sure. But like, you can't write them off right now, bro. It's crazy. Last year, Detroit Lions were one and six. They finished eight and two. Excuse me. They finished. They won their eight out of the last ten games. Excuse me. Like the Giants, I'm not saying they they can do that, but anything is possible. Anything can happen. And he's right. The schedule is tougher. <clears throat> yeah, but. and then look at the Lions this year. They went off what they did last year, and they had their momentum. And look, they're they're one of the best teams, if not the best team in the NFC right now. They're tied for the number one in the NFC. So don't write the Giants off quite yet. Definitely pay attention every week, but don't write them off until they say, okay, the Giants have been eliminated for the playoffs. Okay, cool. Now you're preparing for next year. But any moves that the Giants do, it's going to be for this year. That's a fact. Like they're not going to get a guy or let a guy go that's going to hurt them this year and help them next year. It's just not going to happen. That doesn't make sense at all. I mean, if you're sitting at one and seven, Maybe you have that conversation and you start planning ahead, but look. Losing the next two, like you said. Right. Again, that's a different conversation. But let's say you're three and five, right? Let's say you figure out a way to be Washington and the Jets. You're in the mix. Yes. I'm sorry, you're alive. You cannot, and look, I get where you're coming from. And first of all, I don't know, you know, I don't know what type of pick you think you're getting for like older, you know, like a a Leonard Williams or Dory Jackson with their contracts. I don't know what you think you're going to get for half the season on those guys on the last year of their contracts on a rental. But. You can't send the message to that locker room at three and five when you're in the mix with the Raiders coming up with a real chance to go to four and five, right? That we're quitting on you guys. Mm-mm. No way. I mean, I talk about it as a player. If you're sitting there, you're at three and five, and you see the front office selling off pieces that are going to help you win games, what does that do to a locker room as a player? Well, first off, if you're three and five, that means you have a two game winning streak going on. A win streak is a win streak. And players, they feel some type of way about that. They're going to be inspired. They're going to say, man, we could knock out these two, these two next games. We'll be 500. You know, and that keeps you with a whole bunch of games left, maybe not that many, but you have enough games left where you can say, if we win this game, this game, and this game, we can be a playoff team at the end of the year. That keeps – come on, man. Like, that's something that could, tr- like, really happen. Yeah, and he said, look, playoffs don't matter. Okay, maybe they don't matter to you. But I guarantee you they matter to every player every in the building, single guy. the owners in the building, the front office in the building, everyone else that works in the building. You can't – and I understand from purely an intellectual exercise standpoint, you say as a fan, all right, you make the players you lose in the first round, what's the big deal? But it matters to people that are in the trenches doing this second every day. Round. They went to the second round. They won the world. Oh, no, no, no. No, but, no, but I, I, I'm joking. I'm joking. Theoretically, this year, yeah, yeah. a fan might say, all right, well, you get in the playoffs, you're losing the first round. Who cares? What's the big deal? Blah, 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 blah. First of all, to your point, excellent point. You never know when you can win in the first round. Right. You can upset a team yep. anytime. Mm-hmm. 100% true. But that, it does matter to, to the people that are doing this. Yes. And, and it does matter to the season ticket holders. It matters to your fan base. I mean, and look, and again, I get it. As a, as, a, as a person that roots for other teams and other sports, I understand the frustration and the intellectual exercise you're going through with that. But football is also different because it's only six, it's only 17 games yeah. now. It's such a physical game where guys are putting their lives on the line. It's not like the NBA where guys are you know doing load management. They're like ain't sitting that, out that months at a time. No. no, it doesn't happen here. It's 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 just it's it's a different thing. So yes. Understand your point. You don't want to lose guys for nothing. If you can get picks for them, that's great. 100% in favor of that. But until you know your toast, 
I don't think you go down that path. There's no, no way on on any level, management, coaching, players on any level, like it, it, like at the end of the day, right? If they get into a position where they don't win the next three games, right, and they'll probably be out of the playoffs, possibly. I don't know well, if they that's have, early. There are two games before the trade deadline, so you're gonna have to make the decision after the. I'm not even talking about. Okay, that. I'm, I'm not sorry. even talking about Go that. Go ahead, my bad. I'm talking about players' futures here. I got it. Like they understand if I don't play well, like I don't have a career in the NFL, let alone staying on a team. So they're gonna get. They're gonna put forth a great effort no matter what. You know, some guys might think I've got to protect myself. That's not going to change the way they approach in terms of how they perform, you know, and they will understand like, hey, this is a contract year, you know, like I got to make sure I produce, but at the same time, if I get hurt, you know, blah, blah, blah. That's like worst case scenario, but there is not a player in the NFL that's going to say, oh man, like this season's over, let me not play well or whatever the case is. You're just not going to see any of that. You know, the coaches are still going to coach. You know why? Because the worse they do, the worse they do, the more their job is in jeopardy. And if you're two games or one game away from making the playoffs, it's not as significant as if you only win two games the entire year. It's a huge difference. Job security is not good when you only win two games. This is not good. You be, you miss a game, miss the playoffs by one or two games. For a fan, three wins and seven wins might not make a difference. But it For the does. building, it makes a huge difference. Huge difference. Huge difference, like like astronomical difference, you know. And the Maras, Tishes, they they want wins. They want playoff wins. They want a good product. I mean, and do you think John two Mara- win season is not good? Seven wins with a couple close losses there, like that's like all right, we can build off of that. It kills John Mara inside when he's looking out from the press box in the fourth quarter and he sees the stadium empty of giant fans and fans of the other team chanting for their team yeah that's tough to see it kills him inside and i, I and i, I see I, him I, you see him in the hallway i see him and do you walk up to him talk to him at that point nope no you stay about a thousand and, miles and, and away usually hey john how you doing hey jc what's going on yeah. it's a couple games i'm like just looking glancing at him like <laughs> kind of keep my head down like, <laughs> like it, 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 it matters it, yeah it, it does I, I, again i understand from an intellectual standpoint and where you're coming from i get it but that's not how they're going to yeah. handle it. And things. don't give up on a team yet, guys. You know, we got a long season. And I thought I saw a lot of potential in not only just the defense, but offensively. You know, yeah. those big plays that the Giants had that really was non existent in the first several weeks of the season. I think you saw that there. And look, if this if this room, if this, excuse me, if the locker room is everything that I think it is, I think the guys are going to respond. And it doesn't mean it's going to guarantee a win this weekend, but I think you're going to see a better effort all around going forward in terms of play and execution. 201-939-4513. We do have a couple open lines, folks. If you want to get in, give us a call. You can. 201-939-4513. You want to go to the game on Sunday? Go to Giants.com slash tickets. Limited seats are available. It's a throwback game. Giants will be in their nice. uh, 80s blues, which is going to be cool to see in there. And I ordered a couple jerseys, too. Oh, did you really? Yes, sir. What, what players? Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I definitely got an LT. I don't have an LT. Oh, you went old school. Yeah, I don't have an LT. Yeah, I ordered old school. I ordered a couple of my jerseys, like just to have, because I do a lot of events and stuff like that. Customize them? But I, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. you know, they don't have me there anymore. I don't got, like, just jerseys laying on now, the store. Now, now, did you only get the jerseys that you wore, or did you get, like, the Casillas on, like, the old school 80s? Well, like, yeah, because we didn't have those. I'm we not, didn't have the blue one. So I got the blue one. I got the blue one for my daughter. How about the white one with the blue numbers? You tried the, that one? the white one, they didn't have that available. 
school, but okay. I do have my own color rush at the house. Oh, do you? Yeah, nice. I'm not okay, going to wear good, that. Good. But, you know, I, I do <laughs> I do a lot of events for the Giants, you know, and sometimes, you know, Sarita and Joanne, they ask me to wear jerseys. Oh, and I just wear the traditional blue one. I want to mix it up a little bit now. You know I, I, I mean? like it. Yeah, yeah, that's it, that's it. But I got the LT. Now, Casillas is always asking me, Schmelk, do they think they bring back the red jerseys? Yeah, they smells like, like this. No. <laughs> and I was looking for it because I was like, I, I was thinking about these Jordans that I was getting in there, white and you red. You want to match it up? And I want to match it up. As, as you can see, I love red, so. <laughs> oh, so disappointed. Uh, the Giants official connected TV streaming app, Giants TV, brings a video, original video content and game highlights on demand and direct to Big Blue fans. Giants TV is free on Apple TV, Roku, and Amazon Fire TV and the Giants mobile app. Again, 201-939-4513. I have one more email I want to get to, too. But Ralph in Florida is on the line. Ralph, what's going on? Hey, guys. What's going on, John? Bordy, what's up? What's um, going on, my guys, dude? What's going on? Mm-hmm. Hey, listen. No. I mean, last caller with the with the playoff comment. I mean, I, I never talk bad about callers. But at the end of the day, how could you say it doesn't matter you get into the playoffs? In 2007, did it matter the Giants got into the playoffs? In 2011, did it matter when the Giants got into the playoffs? Hell yeah, it matters. Because you never know what can happen in the playoffs. 100%. You just don't yep. know. You just don't know. Yeah, so and Ralph, you're just... right. This is not the NBA where if you're the eighth seed, unless you have injuries, exactly. there's like no chance of doing anything. NFL exactly. is a different story, so dude. Different. 100% right. Yep. 100%. And even that, but even when you're saying that, John, look, in, 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 in the eighth seed, when the Knicks did and it got to the finals, it's like it, anything could happen. And the Heat last it... year were, were they were in the play-in. Yeah. They were in the play-in That's last year. Point. Look yeah, at Miami. No, like that's wrong. my point. Like at the end of the day, you you don't know the hottest team going into the playoffs. Usually, is the one that makes a good run into the playoffs. Like you can never say that. So if the Giants make the playoffs, that means they're on a roll. Like they're yeah. they're, they're catching that's stride true. at the right time. So you know what? You can never you can never wish not going to the playoffs. And my second point, as far as nobody, I don't think nobody brought this up, John, and, and, and during the week that I've been hearing, the, the offense looked better to some people. It's two key reasons. One, when you're playing with a lead, you can do so many things. Yep. The play-action pass works ridiculously. It's just, it just and Saquon Barkley being on the field makes a difference. No yep. matter what you want to say, it makes a difference. No, so, of course, the offense, now you're saying that Daniel Jones won't make those fade routes to Darius Slayton. That's his favorite receiver. He's going to make those throws. So, it, 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 it boggles my mind that people all want to say that Tyrod Taylor, the answer this year over Daniel Jones, Let's stop it. If the, if if Daniel Jones could get a lead and the so-called blocking that we got this on Sunday, Daniel Jones is going to play better football. This just what it is. So uh, you know, my point is at the end of the day, listen, you need this Washington game. You definitely need this win. After that, let's play. Let's just play. And let's see what happens. Now, hopefully, some guys come back from injury, and that makes a whole difference. If Andrew Thomas is in the game, it makes a big difference. If JMS is in the game, it makes a huge difference. So, at the end of the day, go Giants, and and I'm not going to give up on this team yet until they mathematically out, and I still won't give up. I'll still cheer every week. There you go, right. baby. Ralph, good stuff, man. Appreciate you guys listening, and all you guys. We appreciate you listening. Any comment on that one? No, I mean, I, I felt like he, he heard that last caller. And he just couldn't wait to he talk to He got fired us. up. I like he it. got fired up. He was like, let me put him in his place. But look, we we love, and and Schmokey, I know you've been doing this a lot longer than me, and me stepping away from the game and understanding how passionate fans truly are. Um, and, I, and I had a little bit of an idea, but I never really talked to them as much as I have since I've been doing this. 
You're starting to get it now, and, right? And I have a great perspective. Like, bro, there's guys that call in. They be like, yeah, man, I've been a fan since 1967. I'm like, bro, my mom was born in 1967. <laughs> you know, they've been fans my entire, my mom's entire life, you know? So I have a great appreciation for fans in general, you know, and for me being able to speak with you guys and connect with you guys, you know, I appreciate it, you know, and I'm honored that Schmelke, that you hit me up and said, I want to, I want you to be a part of this. And I love doing this. You know, I love coming on Thursdays. You know, I love talking and, and, and talking with the fans and giving my own perspective, hearing what you have to say, Paul, Howard, uh, Sean, uh, Madeline. I love doing it with all you guys. So Not Lance, though. That's why he didn't mention Lance. He and Lance, too. Damn, Lance. don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> Dang, bro. Lance, you too, man. I miss you, Lance. I miss you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Dad, that's messed up. I know, I know. I'm, 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 I'm bad. Uh, by the way, folks, if you want to ask this guy questions in person, come down to the radio station. Yeah, we're going to be taking yeah. questions from the I fans. I like that, too. No, that's that awesome. Fun. On Sunday, we'll be live at MetLife Central, right inside the gate of the MetLife gate at uh, 11 o'clock on uh, Sunday. Come check it out. Only one tape segment this week, so we're going to be live for a lot of that show. So make sure you come down and check us out. We take questions. We do contests. We it's interact fun. with the fans. Casilla yeah, starts throwing stuff into the into the crowd, T-shirts. <laughs> The Tino might dance, depending yes. on what the DJ's playing. Uh, you get a lot of good stuff down there. All right. One email, then one call. Real quick. Tommy Sylvester, he wants to know, on the last play of the game when they threw it to Waller, I saw J.J. Watt on Twitter say, quarterback sneak every time towards the end of the game when the last play occurred. Do you think the sneak would have worked considering the Giants' previous success? Do you think they could have run a read option play? Or should you stray from that type of play at the goal line? What do you think about that in terms of strategy? And I, and I kind of want to bring this into a bigger question, too. The tush pushes, and I'll just call it that, the the rugby scrum sneak, yeah, yeah. whatever you want to call it, it works real well for the Eagles. I've seen other teams fail on that a lot the, Giants the last few weeks, yeah, including the, the Giants. Yeah. So take take it that yeah, any no, direction you want. Listen, it could it could be a lot of, you know, uh, in hindsight, it could be a lot of pl different plays that possibly could have worked. I'm not arguing the play call at all. I think, you know, uh, it was not a good call by the referee. I think they should have called holding on that play, but that was a good call. It was a good ball that was thrown. I think Waller, you know, was able to get position. He got grabbed. I mean, he was, he didn't even realize how much he got grabbed. Until he saw the Until replay. he watched yeah. it. He was like, how did I not get off the floor? But, Schmuck, if I'm holding you down, you know, if you're holding me down. Right. How I can't jump at all. Hey, no he matter, can't lift his arm up. No, you know, so same thing when you're was, like doing a rebound in basketball and someone's pulling <clears> you down from 100%. behind. You can't jump. It, just a little bit, just a little tug, just a little tug. It you makes can't such a jump difference. at all. You know, mm -hmm. so I, look, you can argue the call, whatever. I'm surprised, JJ Watt. He played basically uh, anywhere from the five, which is like outside of the tackle, all the way through the defensive line. How would he say that? That's like disrespecting his own people. <laughs> you know? <laughs> that, that's self-violence? Yeah, it's say. like, yeah, just run the ball right at me with your quarterback. <laughs> really? <laughs> that's funny. But it just hasn't worked for the Giants, I no. think. And again, they, they struggled in short yardage on that game a lot. Yes. And, I, and look, I think Brian Dable basically said it after the game. We had no confidence we'd be able to win up front with the makeshift line against that defensive front, and that's I think that's kind of where they I mean, the Giants there. had, I think, three really good runs all game. And by the way, they ran, and he mentioned read option, too. They tried to read option on that third and one in the fourth quarter after those two long Barkley runs, and yep. they failed on that, too. Yep, and look, it, this is, everything's 2020 in hindsight. You know, it's like, oh, I would have called this, I would have called that. I want to argue both for the call that they did and then argue to say, hey, look, there's a point. I don't know if that 
tush push would have worked. I think it was a long one. It, well, it, was it a wasn't. One. It wasn't That's like true. on a six inch line. And by the way, let me just say this, guys. Like, you have to just win up front more consistently. And if you're healthy up front and you're winning up front more consistently with that push. Then it is easy to make those run calls and those scoreback I mean, sneak calls, but they're not. That's not where this team is right now, yeah. which is the problem. And when you look at the team that's doing it, the, it has the most success with it. Look at their offensive line and talk about the Philadelphia Eagles and doing the brotherly shove or whatever. Yeah, and Jalen Hurts is like it. cleaning like seven hundred yeah, pounds on the rack, a beast. which is I mean he's a monster. Yeah, that yep. also helps. Yep. William Morganti, email. Wilson just called ESPN Radio, and now I think he's actually a bigger hater of the Giants than Charlie in Portland made. <laughs> he I haven't heard from him in he a does, while. He doesn't detail what Wilson said, but um, and he already called. I can say his name. He's already called once this week, so he, he can't he call He always again. suckers me in, too. Because he goes, Dimolo Papi. I'm like, hey, what's up? And then he says some off-the-wall stuff, and I'm just like, Dang, you should have heard him and Howard on Monday. They were <laughs> going at it. Oh boy, it was something. Yeah. All right, final call of the show. Let's get to it. Just wanted to get that email in real quick. And that was fast, man. Yeah, well, show goes fast when it's fun. Uh, and then we'll record your hangout with the guys when we're done here. Let's go to Mike in New Jersey. He'll wrap us up today. Hey, Mike. Hey, what's going on, fellas? What up? Hey, no much, man. Hey, man. You know what? I I've been listening for a long time, man. Um, I, I don't disrespect any other callers, and I still won't, but respectfully, I understand how somebody can say that it's almost over for this season. I mean, you got to understand the, what's been going on in the season. You know, we've had a lot of injuries early on. Just imagine we start getting healthy and where it could go to. Like, if we got Pew at the left guard, Thomas comes back healthy, Smith comes back, that solidifies from the center over to the left side. Now we have... Who would probably be that left, the, the right guard, though? I would Bredesen say probably right now it would probably be Bredesen uh, would be my guess. Man, we get Bredesen and then Neil. Come on, man. Yep. We, we, we can do some things. We yep. can do some they things. still have to play right, better, right. though. Each and every one of those oh, guys definitely. have to definitely. play better. Definitely. You know, in order for now, me to feel confident that this offensive yeah. line can protect and run the ball efficiently. Yeah. But 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 at least they give him a shot, Mike, to your point. You need yep. to get Thomas yeah, and Schmitz back definitely. on the hundred percent, yeah. Like like you I don't I don't get how everybody well not everybody, but the Daniel Jones haters are just all of a sudden look what Tyrod could do. And it's like, do you see how much time Tyrod had compared to what Jones was going through? Like, there's not there's there's a huge difference. There was a huge difference as far as with the run game. Like they, they ran they ran the same exact play with Breida that they did with Barkley when they ran the trap. And Breida missed the hole. And they showed it from the back view. And then they ran it again with Barkley, and Barkley broke the second time for about 30 yards. So there's a difference in the people that run. So you got to understand the players that we have, the system that we're running, and, and overall what's going to happen with the team. I think Hyatt's going to get some more targets. Uh, they're starting to trust him. And, man, the defense is starting to roll. So I'm on the side. Like, don't get me wrong. I was pissed that we were losing all these games. But it shows that that Arizona game shows, like, yeah, we can score, man. We can do this stuff. We just got to put it all together. That's yeah. all. All right. Good stuff, Mike. Appreciate the call. Look, bottom line, you guys score more points. I mean, yeah. you're, aver- you're averaging 11 points per game, John. <sighs> 11. It's <laughs> really bad. You just can't win games like that even, way. You got to. You, you, you have in order for this to get fixed, you got to start scoring more points. That's it. That's it. It's, it I, mean, I hate to break it down and make yep. it that simple. And there's obviously ways you can go about scoring points differently, but 11's not going to cut it. Who has the number one defense in the league? Scoring defense. You know the num- and what number that is? Give me two seconds. I can check. Because if you, I, I bet you. 
Whoever has the number one defense, whether it's San Fran, I believe it's Cleveland, Cleveland, I believe it's Cleveland. Dallas. No, Let not Dallas. Check. Dallas got some points scored in them recently. Yeah, San Francisco. Yeah. Um, but like even that team, whoever that team is, would have lost those games if defensively they put out that output yeah. still. And I don't think the best of defense in the league is allowing fewer than eleven. Points. Right. So they would they would they would be a five hundred team at best right now All with I, the best defense in the league. Let's see. So the number one. Scoring defense. Oh, that's point differential. 14 and a half points per game. And that's the 49ers. And the Chiefs are second at 14.7 points. Where are the, the Browns? Chiefs, oh, the Browns are wow. fifth. The Browns are fifth at 15.4. But, but what the point I was trying to make is. And Dallas, by the way, even after that 49er game, Dallas is still seventh. Yeah. And that's at the The, the point I was spot. trying to make is, Smoke, is that the, the point output that the Giants are putting out offensively. Even if you have a top-ranked defense, top three, top five in the league, you would probably not be 500 or be right at 500 at best right correct, now. Correct. So even the best defense in the world can't save an offense that's scoring 11 points a game. Right. That's and, the point I'm trying to Think about it, and, and I'm not going to do the math, but I'm terrified of what the math is if you take out that 31-point game against Arizona. Arizona. <laughs> that, that, that facial expression is correct. They go down not, like I, I, six or seven. I'm not Probably. doing the math. All right, everybody. Thanks for being Man. with us on Big Blue King Offline <laughs> presented by Cadillac, the official vehicle, luxury vehicle of the New York Giants. Pardon me. Luxury vehicle is Cadillac. For Jonathan Casillas, I'm John Schmelk. Detino and Lance are with you tomorrow at 1230. And again, check out JC and I on the pregame show at 11 o'clock at MetLife Central, also on WFAN here locally in New York. Thanks for being with us. We'll see you next time on Big Blue Kickoff Live. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. You deserve to treat yourself. So turn your tax refund into a U-Fund and give yourself a Straight Talk Wireless Extended Silver Unlimited plan and get a new Samsung Galaxy A14 on them. You can get a great everyday value on wireless with Straight Talk's unlimited plan starting at $25 a line per month for four lines. You'll save so much, you'll be enjoying that refund all year long. It's the refund that keeps on refunding. Find Straight Talk at straighttalk.com or at your local Walmart store. Taxes and fees not included. Offer valid through 41424 while supplies last. Online only. Must purchase a Straight Talk Extended Silver Unlimited plan to qualify. Limit of five phones per customer. Family plan discount with four lines all on the Silver Unlimited plan. Not combinable with auto pay discount.